All right, welcome everybody. This is the Construction and Mining Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, and today's episode is called Bridging the Skills Gap with Technology. And to address that topic, we have special guest Chris Trotman. He's the Regional Technology Manager with Finning Canada, and they pretty much take care of machine control and CAT integrated machine control throughout Western Canada for the construction industries. So Chris, welcome, and thank you so much for being here today to chat about technology. Thanks for having me. I look forward to the conversation. Yeah, we, we initially connected on LinkedIn. I saw you posting lots of great stories of customers getting value from machine control and, of course, lots of Caterpillar pictures. So I had to reach out, and now here we are talking about it on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So for, from us talking, you, you seem to have a, a ton of experience in the industry. Could you kind of take us through when and how you got started in the construction industry and, and with finning in general? Absolutely. My, uh, my addiction to dirt started when I was a summer student in university. I worked for one of the larger civil earthworks contractors in Edmonton. I started off as a laborer and worked there for about seven years while I was going through university. Ended up uh, shooting, shooting some grades, not, not doing survey work per se, but site grading. And uh, from there, when, once I completed university with a business degree, I was working in product support in power systems. And from that experience, I ended up uh, back in the dirt world at Finning. I just couldn't leave. So you got you got started in, at a pretty pretty young age. And what, what kind of keeps you in this industry? Because you've, you've stuck it out for a little while here. In all the change and revolution happening within this industry the heavy construction and earthworks industry is lagging in terms of the productivity and technology infusion curve that vis-a-vis manufacturing and service industries it's really cool to be part of the technology revolution going on within the earthworks industry the earthworks industry is technology is still in its infancy it's not as widespread as it will be in the next, I would say, three to five years. There are uh, other regions of the world where machine control is further along the adoption curve, uh, particularly Japan and Europe. And some of those countries, the government mandates the use of machine control. So you're not even able to undertake earthworks projects without having machine control. I, I'm really passionate about uh, infusing the industry with machine control. I, I almost uh, feel as though it, it, I'm partly giving back to an industry that uh, put me through university. For our, our listeners, could you kind of run us through what 2D or 3D machine control is? Could you just explain it a bit and maybe what it does for heavy equipment and what it is essentially? Sure. So machine control in general is where there's a system, there's hardware and software on a machine that either either shows the operator where grade is or actually has an automatics function whereby the fine grading is performed by the system and the operator is focusing on situational awareness and maintaining cuts and fills properly and efficiently so earth has only moved once. So 2D, 2D grade control is the gateway to grade control. There is that functionality where you have an indicate system, indicate only system or automatics, especially with Caterpillar. Caterpillar 
has industry exclusive automatics on excavators, but there's no there's no situational awareness vis-a-vis the design, the engineered design. So 3D 3D systems, not to get into the weeds too much. 3D systems essentially have the design, the earthworks design loaded up into the machine. And the operator is able to see exactly where the site's at in terms of cut and fill and final grade, any, anywhere on the site for which that design is loaded into the machine. So 2D, the difference between 2D and 3D is 2D, you can maintain a grade, but you have to enter it into the machine manually. So you actually have to know where the grade is. Whereas a 3D system has a correction source. So that'd either be a base station or a virtual correction source, which uses cell towers to fake a base station, essentially. And with the 3D system, you can maintain grade on complex curves, slopes, large sites without constantly having to do what's called rebenching the machine. Now you started off with shooting grade with grade stakes and whatnot. So we've definitely come a long way with now having 2D and 3D and being based out of Alberta. What kind of industry changes have you seen in the earth moving space over like the past decade? So the the technology adoption is one piece, but I would say the major change I'm, I'm seeing since I first started in the industry about 15 years ago is consolidation. So when I first entered the industry, every region would have uh, certain certain contractors that would stay quite local. There's been a lot of consolidation in the industry. So there's been some companies that are progressive, most of which use technology. They've grown a lot. They are no longer geographically restricted. They mob into any region with a lot of equipment and a lot of technology and get projects done quickly. So I, I would say the consolidation piece is very interesting. And are we seeing a, a faster speed of development and adoption of technology today than we did, you know, back in say 2000, 2005 around there? Absolutely. Back, back in 2005 and 2000 and even 2010 GPS surveying. So have, having your surveyor, or having the general contractor that you're working for, their surveyor using GPS survey was revolutionary. And that was an important step. But now we have GPS and GNSS machine control, which has moved the bar in terms of productivity that customers expect even higher. One customer told me that in the last 20 years, the amount that they are compensated to move a cubic yard of earth hasn't changed. So the... technology is essentially one of the only drivers of profitability on project cash flows. Are there contractors that still don't believe in the technology? Are they, are they still hesitant to adopt it? There are definitely some that uh, do not believe technology is here to stay. In my perspective, it continues to grow. In northern Alberta and northern British Columbia, there are certain oil companies that won't even allow you onto the lease without machine control. You can't even bid on projects without machine control. In the oil sands, I, I used to actually work for a contractor that did mine support in the oil sands. And so even a few years ago, five or six years ago, the mines were starting to demand machine control on certain mine support work. 
because of the efficiency gains. Is technology reducing fleet size? You know, you mentioned about the price per cubic yard or cubic meter of dirt hasn't changed to move it, but are we doing more with less now? Absolutely, we're doing more with less now. I just spoke with a customer who just got into machine control, did his first project with a Caterpillar 3D integrated tractor, and he built a large pad, and he told me that normally he would have had to float in two tractors to complete that job, and he completed the job with one tractor with an inexperienced millennial operator who was actually teaching him how to use the system. So it's pretty cool. There's a two-way flow of learning now. The experienced operators and experienced contractors still have that invaluable skill set, but they may be less comfortable with technology than millennials who grew up essentially with technology and had the old original Apple computers when they were in the early years of school. And you see that two-way flow of learning and that's uh, really cool to see. Would you say getting into kind of how technology is helping not only, you know, contractors and their bottom line, but how it's helping bridge this, this skills and labor gap that we are facing, you know, in this, in this coming decade here, would you say one of the construction industry's biggest issues is recruiting and training more people? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and for a couple of reasons, the first, the first reason is the earthworks and construction industry in general is more project driven now than it ever has been. A lot of customers don't have full year seasonal work and definitely, definitely not like they used to 50 to 20 years. So you need to hire operators to on a project by project basis. So technology is enabling you to get a minimum level of acceptable productivity out of the existing labor pool, which the skills are being depleted every day with the retirement of the baby boomer industry. We, we have these fantastic operators that have 30 or 40 years of experience. And a lot of them are retiring or will retire soon. There's a lot of interesting statistics on pending retirements in the next decade of baby boomers. And it's going to be very difficult to match that level of productivity and technology is a way to, to bridge that gap. It's not going to make a, a millennial that's never run a machine as effective on day one as an experienced operator. But what it does do is guarantee that minimal threshold of acceptable production so contractors can still make money. So we've got quite the labor shortage, labor gap, you know, skills gap, whatever you'd like, like to call it. Um, there's heavy equipment schools out there. Are they on on board with adopting technology and helping people train or get trained to work in the industry? Or is that kind of more up to the employer now, the companies with technology? Are they are the companies using technology to, to train staff or are they having heavy equipment schools keeping up? Both. Both are using technology to train staff. So de- depending on how large the contractor is and whether the contractor sees fit and investment in technology vis-a-vis training, the operating schools are starting to embrace technology as well and purchase machine control to train the new operators coming through the schools. So we, we, we see both. We see contractors using technology to train. And we talked a little bit about the two-way flow of training, which is really cool to see. But yeah, uh, the operating schools are definitely starting to embrace technology as well. 
everybody can see the future. And I, I would say in the next three to five years, we're going to see a massive proliferation of technology in the industry. But with, with technology, we are able to train operators faster. And some companies that are geared up to train are able to do so effectively. So millennials and Gen Z are almost a perfect fit for that. We just need to get them in to training and Absolutely. then get them into the industry. Absolutely. Gen Z and millennials are a perfect fit for the future tech savvy operators that the industry is starting to demand and will demand even more in the future. Gen Z and millennials grew up using technology. I'm, I'm older than you, so I definitely had uh, much older computers when I went through grade school, but I remember the old Apple computers. So even I, as a millennial, one of the oldest millennials born in 1986, had technology my entire life. And it's not uh, an obstacle for me to learn how to use it, obviously, as I'm talking to you on the phone right now. In your opinion, do you think the skills gap is driven by a lack of training or a lack of interest from millennials and, and Gen Z I guess I, I'm a millennial myself. I'm born in 94. So do you think lack of training or lack of interest is kind of underlying that? I think, I think both. I'm uh, I'm one of the oldest millennials. I was born in, in 83, but all the way through school, people just focused on going to university. That's all the teachers would ever tell you. And I, I think that's uh, a disservice to a lot of students because there are a lot of really good opportunities out there. And I think it's important that students select a career that they're passionate about. And some people really, really enjoy going out to the job site every morning and building something and being able to, at the end of their shift, see the fruits of their labor tangibly. And the interest as well, it's, uh, hasn't the, in, the industry has not done a good job as a whole of marketing itself to the next generation. I think technology can play a huge role in that. Millennials and other younger generations are very comfortable with technology. Everybody has a smartphone. Everyone knows how to use a smartphone. If you know how to use a smartphone, you can learn how to use a 3D GNSS system, particularly the next generation cat grade 3D and Trimble Earthworks. The user interface of our next generation grade systems are is an android based system and in a few days you could learn how to use it very effectively so essentially these generations are like the perfect fit for most of this technology now we just need to work on you know getting them aware of what the opportunity is and getting them employed and getting working in the, in the industry industry Absolutely. And I would say there's another piece to that. Uh, social media is quite popular with the younger generation. They're on it all the time. I'm, you are and I am. That's how we got to know each other. The contractors need to not only utilize machine control, but need to start using social media to attract employees on the project by project basis, which the industry is transforming into. We, we even We even see it with the large scale particularly in the large-scale oilfield earthworks contracting and pipeline industries, there'll be a massive demand for hundreds and hundreds of employees on a project-by-project basis. 
And my, my question is how do you attract that many operators? And I, I would say it's very critical that you use social media to do so. Where do you see machine control technology going this decade coming up on 2030? Because it's, it's being adopted quickly more, more so than it has before because everything's just going so quick with the way technology is going now. So where do you see things going this decade? I, I see productivity driven even more into the earthworks industry by the mandate, governmental mandate to use machine control, number one. And I, I see even further developments in machine control whereby line of sight operating and autonomous operating will definitely not be out of the ordinary at the end of this decade. And I think the millennials and the younger generations are perfectly placed vis-a-vis skill set to be able to fulfill the jobs in the future. Technology is not something to be scared of. Technology is not going to displace jobs. It's going to change them. It's going to create really cool jobs. And 15 years ago, when I was a summer student shooting grades, I was using a string line. And later, later in my career, I was using a laser catcher and running around with spray paint and painting cuts and fills. So that raises another important point that that technology at that time was impactful and ended up in the contract I worked for realizing productivity gains and project cash flow enhancement. But the technology we have today is even more productive. Machines with next generation cat grade or Trimble Earthworks are 100% more productive than machines with no machine control. And indicate-only machine control systems are up to 50% productive than machines with no machine control. So we're infusing even more productivity into the industry than we did when we first started using 2D laser catchers and string lines, the rudimentary string lines. But there's also another important piece, and that's safety. So I used to run around as a, as a young summer student wanting to impress the boss, and oftentimes I'd get too close to the machines and with 3D GNSS job sites, there's a much less likelihood of that happening. That's important too. If you want to attract the younger generations to an industry that hasn't historically had the best record of safety, technology is a very important piece of that. So not only are you doing more with less, not only are you infusing your business with productivity gains, project cash flow gains, you're able to construct a surface with less machines and less hours. Most importantly, you're able to do so safely. And safety is extremely important, not only to your employees, it's important to the general contractors you're working for as well. That's taken into account definitely on large projects. I think that's a very interesting point. Safety now is, is very important for young people or, or you know, middle-aged people looking to get into a new, within with a new company and having technology be advantageous to increasing safety standards on site is just huge. Absolutely. And let's just talk about how jobs are changing now. So there still are surveyors. We haven't displaced surveyors, but what surveyors are able to do now is focus on higher level and more complex work. They don't have to get up, climb the stockpile in the winter. Who wants to do that? It's not safe. And just shoot a few points. Why not take a Trimble Stratus drone fly that stockpile, get thousands of very accurate points 
and be able to move on and do some other kind of work or do analytics on stockpile changes. How many, how much volume do you have left? How much product have you sold? How much product do you have left? That information is very powerful and it's used in many, many different ways within businesses. I think that's a very common objection people have about technology is it's stealing, you know, people's jobs when really it's, I guess, redistributing them and creating new jobs that typically haven't been seen in the past, you know, five years, 10 years. Absolutely. And every company's number one investment, the most complicated technology that they have are still human beings. What is, what is your prediction for contractors and companies for that matter who don't adopt technology this decade and, and going forward? They just don't believe in it. They have nothing, want nothing to do with it. I, I think it's going to be very difficult to operate. I've seen some of the larger moving companies across Western Canada get even bigger, use even more technology. You know, it, it used to be most of the earthworks done in Edmonton would be performed by local contractors. That's not the case anymore. There are contractors, you know, from British Columbia that come and do projects here and, Contractors don't respect borders anymore. They go where the work is and they use technology to make money at it. You know, the competitive pressure in the earthworks industry over the past 20 to 30 years has been immense. And the way to stay relevant and profitable is by using technology. I I have spoken to some contractors, even in the oil field earthworks industry, so building pads, et cetera. And even the oil companies are starting to either demand or ask for references that you know how to use machine control. Not only do you have it, do you actually know how to use it. Do you think a lot of the requirements to have machine control on job sites is going to trickle down into jobs even for local municipalities or local cities? It won't just be the big oil patch jobs. It won't just be the big residential development jobs. I absolutely think that's going to take place. And I I think it's going to start off with the infusion of 2D machine control. And we're going to get to 3D machine control. The governmental sector is under pressure, just like the private sector is, with declining tax bases. And they're going to be forced to adapt and use machine control in order to squeeze more out of their fleet and do more with less. Could you share a few pieces of advice for a a contractor or company trying to justify adopting technology, you know, kind of beyond their bottom line, what, what other value will they see from it? My, my, my advice firstly is to to not be scared of technology. You might not know how to use it. It might look funny on machines. It might look daunting, but if you spend the time and learn how to use it, you can relatively quickly learn how to use technology efficiently and effectively, especially if you have the right partner, like our dealership, a standalone technology department. So that's spinning technology and, and SciTech, which looks after the aftermarket technology. So that would be my first piece of advice. My, my second piece of advice is just a summary of all the points we talked about on this call. It's, it's going to drive your ability to attract millenni- millennial and even younger operators, which you will need to do in the future. It's going to enhance safety. And it's also going to drive capital discipline and capital constraint. And you're going to be able to do projects literally with less machines, less machine hours, less wear and tear, 
which will result in a healthy bottom line in an industry that is facing immense pressure, especially given the current economic backdrop we're operating in. There's still work out there. I, I talk to customers. There's there still is work, but there's competitive pressure. So you're connected with a lot of great companies in the earth moving space across Western Canada, Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan. Uh, could you share a few pieces of advice for someone looking to start a career in the industry? Someone who's just kind of getting into it or has been in it for a little while, but they're looking to, to really make a, you know, a whole career out of it for the rest of their life. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my, one of my foremen that I worked for when I first got into the earthworks industry told me not to script or plan my career, just to utilize every single opportunity to learn as much as possible and not be scared to take different roles outside of, outside of my comfort zone. And again, here I am talking to you, working in the machine control every single day, and I never would have dreamed that was possible 15, 20 years ago. Chris, thank, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know there's someone or some company out there that is really going to get value from this and really need to hear this today. So if someone had further questions, is there a way they could get in contact with you? Thank you, firstly, for having me. We had a great discussion. And secondly, absolutely, I'm very easy to find on LinkedIn. Please reach out, and I would be more than happy to have a conversation. That's Chris Trotman on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll put his name in the show notes so you can go ahead and uh, reach out to him at your leisure. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you got value from today's episode, please share with someone in the industry or who is looking to get into the industry because I know they're going to want to hear this. We're trying to build this to be an educational resource, so any help we can get is much appreciated. And we'll leave it at that, and we'll see you guys on the next episode, though. So thanks for, thanks for listening.